welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm Shane Barker, your host for the show. Today, SoPro's co-founder and CEO, Ryan Wellmans, is back with us to discuss how he built several businesses, what kind of challenges he faced, and what advice he has for other entrepreneurs. Talk about your background a little bit, because I know um, through the research that we've done before we reached out to interview you, that you've done a number of businesses. You've got quite that little entrepreneurial spirit. And so I wanted to talk with you about that a little bit. Like, how many business, like how, like, how many businesses have you built? Like, give us a little background here. Um, you're asking for a number that's probably more than 10. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a few, I can go through and rattle off. Um, so we've got SoPro, um, many years ago, Innocent Digital. Um, we've got Founders Hub at the moment, um, Outbase. So do you, you, you might, um, we don't put this at front and center on our website, but you might uh, be aware, Shane, that we run an incubator. So SoPro actually directly invests in, um, inception stage and seed stage startup so then you know we've got uh, businesses and in some cases you know we're their pre you know pre-product or pre-website yeah. pre in, and in one case we actually incorporated the business so you know invested on the idea and yeah i mean there we're in we've got um, one in corporate social responsibility one in financial services got language testing platform video personalization platform uh, we've got a compliance support um platform and service uh, we've even got crypto exchange. So yeah, I mean, I've, I guess I've, I, I'm a fixer of fixer of things at heart, really. Um, you know, I love challenges and problems and solving things. But I think my role in a business, I've always been the commercial side of the business and and, and really kind of structuring a business and, and you know, positioning a business to um, engage well with a market. Um, and in the early days, that tends to be around the sales process and configuring the, you know, perhaps configuring the product. To, fit the market and then obviously the marketing that, that goes in you know, layers, layers on top of that and starts to, to, to then engage with prospective customers. Um, and I'm, yeah, I, I guess I'm in my element, just parachuting into blank canvas environments and just, yeah, roll up the sleeves and going yeah, for it. Yeah. I love it. I love that. I love that. Well, that's, that was what I was trying to touch on. Cause I knew that you guys had, had created that and you guys were investing in doing some really interesting stuff there that, is a little bit outside of so I mean, I guess obviously it filters into that, but the fact that you're also working with other startups and stuff, I think that's awesome. So what do you, so did you like with SoPro, did you guys bootstrap it? Was it a funded business? What did you guys, how'd you guys do this? Yeah, we, we funded the business ourselves. Um, yeah, we, we just grew organically. We, you know, we picked up the client base pretty quickly and we didn't over invest. You know, we, we, we hired people when we got the clients and, so we always kept our cost base slightly mm. below our revenues. And even when we, you know, we might have been breaking even. And I mean, there's, there's a, probably a handful of months actually over the years where we've, um, we, yeah, we've, we've, we've hit the red, but generally we've been profitable from the start. And yeah, we have been able to fund the incubator and, you know, the other, the other invest business investments just with our own, with our own uh, revenue uh, today, which is great. I think the difference it makes is we're not, we're not on that um, VC money treadmill where, you know what's coming next what are you know where are your numbers you know actually if we want to take stock do that you know we, we i think we've got more ability to you're in control take the business in the in the in the most in the best direction for the business rather than the best direction for you know next quarter's yeah. appraisal for example yeah that's that's the hard part if you get you know vc money which can be great the problem is is you gotta there's you have a whole different set of rules, right? People are saying, hey, you've got to do this in this amount of time and the amount of stress, not say that you guys didn't deal with stress because you bootstrapped, 
mean, it's a different type of stress. But the thing is, is you guys were in control of the destiny where you guys were going and you guys didn't need to get any money. So that's congratulations on that. So what about any, like if I have any serial entrepreneurs, which I know that I have a quite a big listenership of, of entrepreneurs that always like to hear what other businesses are doing to be successful. What were some of the major challenges that you faced as being an entrepreneur? And I, I don't even know what business we would pick in this situation. You have so many businesses you've done, but like, what are some things that, that you had to overcome as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I think there's, there's a couple of really common ones that just apply everywhere. So uh, the first one is, is uh, it's got to be, um, you know, you got to match your, the scope of your, what, what are you going to do? The, the scope of your solution, um, whether it's a platform or, you know, product or service or whatever it is, how, with your resource, right? Because there's, there's some chat near platform bills that, it could be a $2 million build actually when you think it all through. So, you know, somebody with an idea and not a lot of funding is going to be very challenged to do that in a bootstrapped format. So, but, but actually you'd be surprised how many people, you know, that, that we, that, you know, because we get pitched all the time with businesses yeah. in, you know, early stage and, and you can just see so clearly sometimes that actually this, you know, this business needs a number of million dollars. <laughs> so the way that that's not where we are. Um, yeah. But you know, and and you know, and the, the founder is very very adamant that actually you know, it doesn't matter if it doesn't get the funding, you know, kind of keep going and um, you know, <laughs> get, and actually can do the maths, and well, it is going to be years to to kind of overcome this at a kind of one or two person team. Um, so yeah, just that that's probably one. Just kind of you know, find the right size challenge to solve. I think the, the second one probably comes slightly later, which is, and I think perhaps you know, of interest to anybody that's running a business at the moment thinking about scaling. Well, yeah, how do you scale to, you know, from, from that kind of, I don't know, maybe the, up to sort of 10 people or then 10 to 100? Because um, there's so many things change in your business. As a founder, mm -hmm. first of all, you're involved in everything, right? You're, you're, you're ordering the microwave for the office, but you're you know, you're on sales pitches and once the clients go in, you're delivering the service as well, right? You're doing everything. Um, and then, and then, you know, it's a great day when you, when you get a salesperson and it's a great day when you find, you know, when you let go of um, operations and, you know, and each one, and, and what happens is you can slowly move from, from working in the business to on the business by yeah. letting go of things and putting in a, a really robust senior management team that are going to be your direct reports, but they will effectively take each department. Um, you'll end up with somebody running finance, somebody running HR, somebody running operations, somebody running sales, somebody running client services, somebody running tech. And, and that's a, a, a sensible number of people that you can manage. And, you know, that's, that's even as, at that point, you know, it's going to, at some point, you're going to need a, a, another layer of management between you and them. But yeah, it's, it's that letting go challenge that's so hard to overcome. But yeah. I think the earlier that you can, you can kind of accept that it's an inevitability, you can start, you, you, you start building processes to not rely on you earlier. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, and, and then it becomes easier when the time comes to, to extract yourself from a particular department, you know, and just the, the idea of engineering your own redundancy, it's something that I try and drum into all of the software mm. management team, just permanently. If you, if you can, if you can get yourself to a point where you come into work and you don't have to do anything and your department right you know, or your team or what you know just runs it runs perfectly then that is where you need to be because then your your mind is going to be totally free for high value strategic improvement thinking um built you know building just the, the, the stuff that really takes the business forward 
Yeah, I love that. I mean, I, I you know, it's the same thing. We talk about that is that if you don't, if you're not able to leave your business for a week or two weeks without the machine unraveling, then you don't have a business, right? If you have to look at like, what, what are you going to do to, you know, because there's going to be a point down the road that you're going to be replaceable. Like the whole idea is just sell your business. And, but if you're the person, you're the road bump and everything, and then they, nobody wants to buy that business. They want to buy the business that has systems so that if this piece leaves, great, it's not a problem. The whole machine doesn't go down. We just get to replace that piece. And what does that look like? So yeah, I'm with you on that. That's, that's when somebody really has a business. Yeah. If you're able to come into work and go, I don't really have much to work on today because everybody else is kind of working on it. So now I can look at some other things, right? I want to look at the higher level things and work on the business and not inside the business. So I love that. I think that's some, some valuable stuff. So if you guys want to build businesses that you can scale and take a few days off from, it's very important to build processes. For all the listeners who would like to scale their businesses, I'd like to tell them about my one-on-one business consulting services that can help you strategize your next move. You can visit our website, shanebarker.com, that's S-H-A-N-E-B-A-R-K-E-R.com to understand what kind of services our team has to offer you. And now back to our conversation with Ryan. I, I think it terrifies people though, because okay. I think the, the natural thought is, well, yeah, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm not really doing anything, then, you know, am, am I really going to be needed? But it, it's totally the opposite, isn't it? You know, you are, you're so much more valuable if you, you know, when you can, yeah. when you can get to that point. Um, your impact, you, you become, you just move up, you'll start to do bigger, better. Um, yeah. Well, the, the problem is, is people feel like if I'm not, if I'm not doing something, don't look like I'm doing something, then there's going to be, you know, I could, one's going to let, let me go. They don't need me then. But you're like, wait a second, but you've built something that were you, is not needed. So you can work on other things that maybe you wouldn't have time for. So it's one thing to do busy work. It's another thing to be working on things that can actually move the business. Um, I love that. But yeah, the mindset of thinking, you know, oh my God, I'm replaceable, right? Or somebody can, I've just made it so that I don't really need me. Well, not really, really. The idea is you were able to build that. So you should be able to build that in other places and good things can happen there. So yeah, I, I can imagine that freaks some people out, but from the same way that you think is like, that's awesome. You know, like I said, I'm outsource and automate. That's in my mind is like, how can I have somebody else that's better at this than me do it? And then I can, you know, once again, maybe go to Costa Rica or something. Well, the, yeah, I think the, the better than me uh, point is equally valuable because that's the other thing. You think that nobody's going to be able to do as good a job as you. And, yeah. You know, you're the one that cares. And that's just, it couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, my, my team of direct reports now are better than me at what they do in every possible way. Um, you know, I've got, I went through the list, operations, finance, clients, services, every single one of them. Um, and, and, and they uh, should be better than you. I learned from them. Yeah. The thing is, is I always tell people like what they go, well, you like, I know people in the past would be worried about hiring people that are smarter than them. I'm like, that's the only people I hire. I'm, and which isn't too difficult because I'm not extremely intelligent. So I'm like, listen, I just like, if you're really good at that, like, why would I want to go figure that out? Like, that's like, for me, it's like, you know, I look for people that excel in certain areas, obviously, because then it just makes the company stronger. Right. And if everybody just relied on me and I know plenty of founders and entrepreneurs that were like, oh, you know, I don't want to hire anybody smarter because then they're going to like be smarter than me. Yeah, that's the point of hiring them. Like, why would you have somebody that's not as that's that doesn't have the knowledge that you have, right? That's under you. And then I don't know, just it's a really weird mindset of like, I've got to be king of the castle. And I'm like, I'll I have no problem with not being king of the castle. Like, you're better at that. Awesome. Guess what? That's your job. You should be better than that than I am. I have an idea on how to do it, but at the end of the day, you take that responsibility and you take that you take that on. So um, I love it. it's a little bit of a different mindset, but I I I'd love that. So I got a question for you. So what would 21 year old Ryan, because I'm assuming that you're, you're older than 21, because I just know that you're older than 21. What would, what would you tell 21 year old Ryan right now? Like if you said, Hey, Ryan, this is like, Hey, bud, this is, 
this is this is Ryan 2.0 talking to Ryan 1.0. This is like like I want to give you some information in the future. This is so apart from uh, investing Bitcoin, obviously. <laughs> yes, um, right. We would all want that information. <laughs> all right. So yeah, good question. Uh, I I guess one of the things that I've wrestled with over the years, uh, and I'm, I know for sure that it isn't just me. So I think so much of life is. It's a confidence game, right? And 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 in 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 that comes true in, in lots of different roles as well. Um, your ability to to be successful, I think, in, in so many environments, confidence is is such a, a determining factor. I think there's two types in, in the business world. There's you get this this confidence that comes from experience and having done things before, and you know I'm confident that I can. I could get into the finances and, and, you know, dig through a spreadsheet and, and deal with, you know, just because, you know, I, I've done it before, right? So I'm not particularly um, concerned there. But then you've got this other, the other side to confidence, which is your personal confidence. And that, I think, is, is harder to, when you're, when you're 21 years old and you're at the bottom, bottom of the ladder and you, you, you kind of think of people that run businesses in, uh, you know, perhaps C-level roles or directors of this, or direct, you know, you, you view them as these kind of superhuman sort of super brains. You know, these people are in a, you know, in a different level. And, and I think you actually, it takes, maybe it takes about, you know, another 20 years or so for a lot of people to realise that actually everybody that runs a business, is just a normal person. Um, yeah, they're, you know, they work hard. They're pretty, you know, probably pretty stressed, but, you know, they, they perhaps they have, late nights uh, every now and then um, as, a, as a result. But really, they're, they're just the same as, as everybody else. And I think you, had I known that 21 years ago, I think that your personal confidence in a lot of the scenarios that you, you find yourself in, you know, climbing the ladder of your career and also, you know, setting out in business, um, you just I probably would have made the, made the leap a few years earlier as well. Um, but it certainly would have made it a less stressful experience. And that would have been... Um, yeah, I think life is too short to to kind of carry that imposter syndrome uh, round. Yeah. You? Um, so I think that's that's one. I'd also probably say, um, just you know, just don't fear failure as well, because I think you've got there are so many situations where things weren't done. Um, you know, I can speak from my own experience. Yeah. I mean, even looking out at so I I've got friends or just you know perhaps acquaintances that I know that should definitely I, I feel they should be running a business and totally would, would have all of the competence um the skills the experience and would be perfectly good at, at, at doing it but they just can't bring themselves yeah. to make that leap and 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 it's um i think it's, it's a fear of failure but i think you can structure your life to almost overcome that even if you're you're still going to be terrified of failure because you are whatever happens you're going to be terrified when you first make that leap but i think um so one of the things I'd say to people that are considering running a business, I say, before you start, go away and save a year's salary. Yeah. Right? You need to be in a situation where if it all falls apart, you're just going to be all right. You're not going to lose your house. Your kids are going to be fine. You know, yeah. all of these things. And, and, and then you're in a situation where you can, you can run a business without this sort of stress to, uh, consuming your mind. Um, so I don't think, um, so yeah, this is sort of not fearing failure. Yeah, I'm not saying seek it out or celebrate it or anything like that, but I think you can structure your your situation to tolerate it a bit, you know, to build in some resilience. And a lot of that does sit around your sort of financial situation, I think. But um, yeah, not just that. And and I think um, yeah, that's something that 
Yeah, it's just I, I, I tend to try and um, sort of make that point to young people considering sort of setting out and starting a business. Yeah, I look at it like it for, you know, for me, like failure, like it's going to happen. You know, you're not, not everything's going to be perfect. So there's going to be areas where you can fail. But if you don't learn from that experience, that to me is failure. Like if you're not learning from, okay, now we got to get ready, do something different, twist, turn, do whatever, pivot, you know, make it happen. And I think that's really what the, the key to the whole thing is like, hey, let's, you're going to fail. Like if you're worried about failing, guess what? You're going to fail probably 50 times in a row, maybe a hundred times in a week. God knows, right? Just, you got to, <laughs> just got to do it though. That's the hardest part is going and making that leap. Thanks, Ryan, for talking to us about your entrepreneurial journey and giving us tips to the budding entrepreneurs and existing business owners amongst our listeners. It's been a great episode. I'm sure it'll help our listeners plan and scale their businesses better. Our conversation with Ryan doesn't end here. We'll discuss B2B prospecting on the next episode, so stay tuned.